Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to another episode of McKillzadet Chronicles. In today's episode, we're going to be talking again with author Ginger Taylor, and she's going to be walking us through a few more different chapters, the last chapters, of her book, The Woman's Curse. Um, this book is called The Woman's Curse, The Lies of Submission, and the Truth That Will Set You Free. Now, you can purchase this book on Amazon.com, and of course, just look it up by Ginger Taylor. You can also find a link to this book on my website, KennyWilliamson.com, down in the bottom on the links. So, without further ado, let's talk to Ginger Taylor. Hey, I'm glad to be back and talk about the book. Um, I think we're starting on Chapter 12 this time talking about preparation and um, last time we left off um, when I talked about uh, chapter 11 we talked about our ultimate happiness and our obedience to the Lord and chapter 12 being about preparation and in preparation we're talking about what are we preparing for what is our future and our future is being in preparation and going being with the lord being with him in the future and this is our opportunity our opportunity in uh, being with our husband and um, practicing practicing um, being that wife that can go live with him forever right and being under his authority when i talk about it in chapter 12 i talk about um, that what's interesting is that I have no idea what the Lord wanted and um, and that when I read the scripture and figured it out that I actually realized that I was glad that I wasn't a man and and that I was glad that I didn't have all the responsibilities that a man had and so I started outlining the responsibilities of a man and, and for a woman to understand what those responsibilities were and just for a woman to understand what the responsibilities were, because I don't think a woman actually gets it. And I used, uh, uh, John Piper and an illustration that he had, um, when I'm just going to tell you what he used. When you're lying in bed with a wife and you hear the sound of a window being opened in your kitchen at 3 a.m., do you shake her awake and say, hey, the last time this occurred, I was the one who took our baseball bat and investigated to see if someone was breaking into our house. Now it's your turn, sweetheart. Here's the bat. <laughs> no, that's when the man gets up. That being a protector calls for more than ensuring safety. And Proverbs 4, 10 through 15 describes a father who protects his son by passing on wisdom, helping him build godly character and teaching him to reject the lies and temptations of the world. This father is protecting not only his son, but also the generations to follow as the wisdom he shares gets passed on and on. And I just don't think that uh, women get it. Those men have that, you know, it's put on them, that protection on the inside. And we typically want to take that from them. We want to take the responsibility on, but they can't really share it it's on them automatically it's put on them 
<clears throat> the man automatically feels the need to make the money. And even though a woman may make more money than them, um, they feel the need to make the money. So if they're not making the money, I put it, I write in the book what, uh, what a woman can do to make a man feel okay. Um, in those scenarios, um, by lifting the husband up regarding his job. And then I use different scriptures to reference, um, like first Timothy five, eight, anyone who does not provide for his relatives, especially for their own household has denied his faith is worse than an unbeliever. And again, I found in Dennis Rainey said it well, when a man doesn't work and provide for his family, he feels a sense of shame. His self-worth sinks. And a man who doesn't work, who can't keep a job, who moves from job to job, who refuses to assume his responsibility, creates insecurity in his wife and children. And every man needs to provide for his family. That's a natural sense of responsibility for him. But many don't seem to understand that providing for their family means more than meeting a physical need. It also means taking responsibilities, providing for emotional and the spiritual needs. So my whole chapter in chapter 12 is preparation, but talking also about the needs that the, the husband has for providing for the wife and for her just to understand his needs for that and for her to, I don't know, back off maybe a word to use there because if she understands it, maybe she kind of will give him a little room there to uh, provide for her. And I also said, I'm, you know, thankful for my husband who gave me wisdom to sum it all up because men feel responsible uh, because of a curse. As God put a curse on women affixed to their core, he also put a curse on men affixed to their core. So if they recognize their responsibilities given to them by their curse or not, it's there. So they're going to toil the ground, meaning to be responsible for working to, for, for their family and supporting them and taking care of them and providing for them. So that is their curse. And I could only beg for women to see the volume of stress that comes from the responsibility involved and try to be the ultimate supporter to their husband is what I tell them. Right. Um, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, most men that I know, they want to support their family. And I know some of them that don't, but some of them that I know that don't are, wish that they could. They wish that they were, they wish that they made enough money where their wife didn't have to work. It's just kind right. of ingrained in them. Right. I know I know well, very few men that are like, hey, I don't want to do anything. I want the wife to go do it all. There's very few that actually want that, in my opinion, that is. Right. And I, you know, I talked about the book. I talked about sometimes, um, sometimes the laziness is not necessarily laziness, but they don't, they don't have a way of going out and finding the job where I feel like women could help them go out and find the job. So there are those aspects where I've seen that in my children where I feel like if they had the avenue to go find the job where they had the help um, to get it, they would probably work. The working is not the issue. It's getting the job. And so I think the women probably have more, um, well, they can help them in that area better. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, and, and I do help my husband find his jobs. I help him find all of his jobs. 
So I talk about that in the book too, about how I'm his biggest advocate for that. And I actually go to all of his job fairs. I don't let anybody talk to him unless he is interested in the job. So I walk booth to booth. And if he, I present the jobs to him, if he's interested in them, then I'll let him talk. I mean, I'll let him talk. He'll talk to them, but I don't let them talk to him unless he's interested. So they'll say, well, bring him over. And I'll say, no, you can tell me about the job. And then I'll present it to him. And if he's interested, then he'll talk to you. So whether they like it or not, it doesn't matter. But I'm not going to show him. He's not going to walk to 50 booths. I'll present him three that sound good and he'll talk to him if he likes them. So going on to chapter 13, I talk about divorce. I did not think I was going to have a chapter in my book on divorce. That was kind of interesting that that showed up. Um, but I felt that it, well, the Lord put it on my heart that I needed to have it in there. Um, and I wasn't going to write anything on that topic. However, I felt I needed to share my feelings. And I also put it on there. You might ask, how can you say anything about it? Because I was divorced. And I have actually a hard time talking about it because um, I don't really ever want to bash my ex-husband. And so I was very careful not to really try to talk badly about our relationship. Um, But I do feel that people walk away from marriages so easily today. And I try to tell people, you know, you really shouldn't walk away from your marriage. If, if there's anything you can do in a marriage to make it work, that you should. And we should look at our marriage as if we're married to the Lord. And that's what our marriage is supposed to represent. It's supposed to represent our marriage to the Lord. It's supposed to be a representation of that. And when you walk down that aisle and you said, I do forever that's supposed to be what it's supposed to be. And I understand there's divorces, right? I mean, I'm divorced. I get that. And we're not certainly not under the law. So we can be okay if it happens and we can move on. And, um, and Moses talks about it. You know, he says there are reasons why we've allowed it to happen because I mean, we're not certainly supposed to live in peace. We're not supposed to be forever trying to, you know, live in turmoil. But, you know, I do think that, like, for example, my book, you know, if you were to be able to take this and you were able to apply these principles, uh, maybe you can make your marriage work. And if you're not able to make them work, what makes you think it's going to work on the next one? You know, what is going to change in the next marriage? And so just bouncing from marriage to marriage to marriage is not going to change anything. So, um, and, and I also try to talk about like feelings. Like if you, if you're angry with somebody or you hate somebody or whatever, those are still feelings and you can work within those. Um, but also if you say like, I have no feelings, I say, well, okay, you can work with those too. So I try to explain to people in the book, like, feelings or no feelings, you can work within the marriage and try to make them work um, and try not to get a divorce. 
then going into chapter 14, I talk about the Holy Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit because I think definitely that's a huge area that we have to work with when you're dealing with marriage, right? Because the Holy Spirit is always trying to correct my behavior. Um, but we need to be clued into what the Holy Spirit's telling us, even when people are, or people, our husband or our wife are purposely trying to hurt us. Or, And I think that we need to hear the Holy Spirit. We need to listen to him and not respond negatively when our spouse is being negative at the same time. And so I wrote the whole, I wrote a whole chapter on listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, anyway, moving on to the chapter 15. Um, I wrote about women in history. And let me tell you, this is interesting because I really thought my book was done. And then uh, I kind of clued in on people hinting around that, hey, back in history, uh, women were different. Women were submissive to their husbands. And I was like, wait a minute. No, they weren't. They were not submissive to their husbands. And I realized, you know, I have homeschooled my children for a, for a very long time. And one of the things that we had done is we had, we had done this in-depth study of these books. And I started listing a lot of the books that we had studied in homeschooling. And I found it very interesting, just kind of the books that we had studied. I started listening, uh, listing them down. The Iliad by Homer. The Histories by Herodotus. The Odyssey by Homer. The Epic of Gil Gilgamesh. Julius Caesar by William Shakespeare. But these are just a few of these books that we have read. And what I found so interesting about these books was these women were bad. They were not good. They were, they were not uh, submissive in, by any means. And this was history. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to start writing a whole chapter about these women in history and, and just start explaining, you know, their history and, and how they were not submissive. So the people cannot stand up and say, hey, well, back when women were submissive and today they're different. Why would, why would that even be? Why would that even be an issue? Why would people even say that? Because they want to count out, well, okay, well, it's different today. When um, the Bible says, is there anything at which one can say, look, is there something new? It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generation. Even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. Ecclesiastes 1, 10, and 11. Because nothing changes. Nothing's new under the sun. The scripture says that. Nothing has changed. I mean, people have not changed. We, you know, we, if we want to base it on that, we only want to base it on that because we don't want to, we don't want to be submissive. That's the only reason we would want to say that. And so I just started listing all of these women that, and I used 
scriptures and I use history. And I start listing all the women who I think that people would like to know about that, you know, and some you know about and some you don't. Um, like Rebecca. You know, when Rebecca goes and gets her son Jacob and tells him to go before her husband and, you know, deceive him. I mean, is that submissive? I don't think so. When uh, the Samaritan woman came and draws water and Jesus says to her, will you give me a drink? And he's talking to her. And, you know, he's asking her all these questions. He lets her know that, you know, she has all these men that are involved in her life. We know that she is not a submissive woman. We know that she's had all these men in her life. And that she's still not married, by the way. So that is not a submissive woman. Um, and I talk about, um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Gigas. I think that's how you pronounce it. The tale of Gigas and the king of Lydia. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. I think you've I've heard, heard of it. You've read my book, but I don't know if you've heard of it before that. Uh, as the story goes, the the plot of the king, the king Condal's wife, he was proud of his wife and he wanted to show his beautiful, beautiful wife off. And so he brings her in. Well, he brings a friend in to show, hides him off in the corner and basically... He brings his wife in to change clothes and she sees him off in the corner but doesn't say anything. And when she changes her clothes and then basically later on she gets that other guy that saw her naked and convinces him to kill her husband, the king, and then makes him king. Uh, Stories that... um, I chose to use because they're some are outside the Bible and some are within the Bible, but they're definitely stories. The King of Lydia, you know, they're stories that were used that um, I thought were kind of important of history. Anyway. Right. Right. Well, I mean, definitely when you go through that particular chapter and you look at these women, whether they be in the Bible or not in the Bible, I mean, you can definitely draw the conclusion that all women were not submissive just because it was, you know, a century ago or decades ago or anything like that. Right. I mean, even Joseph, you know, that woman that came in to get him, she was not submissive, (laughs) you know? So there's so many stories we can use from the scripture and, of non-submissive women, that's for sure. I just found it was interesting that people were, all of a sudden I started hearing people say, oh, women were different back then. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do a whole chapter on women in the history because these women were not submissive. Um, And then I just wrote a final, um, a final letter basically in my book to women just to say goodbye um, just saying, do you remember the first time you were in love and that first boyfriend that you, that you would have done anything for, that you could have asked them to do anything and 
do you think that's how you are today? When you first get married, you're going to do anything for your spouse. But as you become more familiar with them and you live every day with them, you become less willing participants. In the end, the spouse thinks, who is this woman? And um, maybe we consider being that woman that we were when we first got married, you know, not being the person that um, becomes more knowing of the, you know, you become more familiar and you don't do the regular things. I use mm-hmm. Revelation 2, 4 through 5, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the work you did at first. So that's my final letter to people is to remember where you were when you first started dating and try to be complimentary to each other like you were when you first started dating each other. So that's how I completed it. And then I did write a, um, a note from my, an epilogue, I should say, that my book is not for the faint at heart for sure. Most would and will have a problem with me not addressing men leading women into sin and women standing against it. And I know that I'm going to catch some flat for it. <laughs> but this is not, you know, my book. It's the Lord's and I have to remember that. Um, and I do say that if that is what men are doing, that I think that people should seek counseling. But I wrote this book for um, men and women that are in a Christian relationship and that I think that if men are under the Lord, then women should be under their husband. So that is what my book is written for. Right. I mean, yes. I mean, your book, as far as, like you said in the book, you know, um, it's written for Christian men and women, obviously. So if somebody can't really take that out of context and say, hey, um, you know, this guy, he's a uh, serial killer and he wants me to help him kill people. So should I do that? I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, this is this is this is not what your book is geared toward. Right. 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 Exactly. I had somebody say that to me. Well, what if they're asking him to kill somebody? I'm like, OK, that's weird. <laughs> Totally, I mean, you're reaching for the stars right now. That is not what my book is written for. Exactly. And if your husband is asking you to send, you definitely need to be, you know, talking to a counselor. <laughs> I am not a counselor. That My book says that you are to um, be under your husband as if you're under the Lord. So I have to stick to that scripture. And anything outside of that, you need to be seeking counsel. Yeah, so anything outside of Scripture that, you know, obviously this, like you said, it applies to a husband who is submitting himself to Jesus Christ. That's right. If the husband has not and is not submitting himself to Jesus Christ, you know, it's it's hard to apply a lot of other stuff like that when your husband, if the husband isn't doing what he's supposed to be doing to begin with. I right. mean, if the husband is an honest Christian man who has submitted his self to Jesus Christ and is trying to do the right thing, um, then it's, you know, it should be a lot easier for a woman to be able to fall, you know, into submission underneath him, providing he's doing the right thing. Right. Obviously. 
questions or whether, you know, little questions of, you know, should I, should I do this or should I do that? And well, you know, if he's saying no, the answer is no. You know, if he's saying yes, the answer is yes. It's pretty easy. I think you're right. It's a, definitely a lot easier than people make it. Now, I was going to say, you know, your book has a lot of other interesting, very good information in it, just other than curse-related. I mean, it has a lot of good information just on relationships in general. Yes, it does. And I think that's why that counselor was saying that he recommends it for both men and women to get it. Yeah, I can agree with that. Well, I guess that about wraps it up. So thanks again for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show again. And if you want to get the book, it's on Amazon.com. It's in three formats. It's in it's on Kindle, paperback, and it's in uh, hardback. Thank you. Okay, and there you have it, folks. Um, thanks again for listening to McKill's Debt Chronicles. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, give us an email at truthseekers2012 at gmail.com. You can also check out our website at kennywilliamson.com. So check that out and let us know what you think. And I hope this helped you and God bless you.